welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries, as always. Thanks for tuning in. Food brings people together and promotes community. And at Principle of Hospitality, we're here to disrupt current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. And that's why we're proud to partner with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia on this season of Poe. Our next guest is the owner and operator of one of the best cafes in Melbourne. It has been a place which my co-founder Sash and I have always come to in, uh, for breakfast in recent times, uh, always taken back by the amazing vibes and impressive food. Tie that in with awesome coffee and vinyl tunes and you have a safe space which is simply compelling and welcoming. So it's a pleasure to welcome Kieran Spatiri to the show. Hey Kieran, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure. And as you can hear, the background noise, which I always love in our podcast when we're in owners' venues, um, we're here in Terra Twilight today in Collingwood. So um, thanks for hosting me. It's all right. Thanks for having me. Now, um, how did you start out in the industry, Kieran? Because I know on the on the you know the couple of times which you've had conversations around your history, like it's always fantastic to hear about how you grew up in Melbourne, really, with the industry. So yeah. how did you get started? Probably like most uh, hospitality people, I was <clears throat> awful at school. Mm-hmm. I was very absent from school. I used to, uh, I actually used to ride horses competitively, equestrian. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I How think did, my wait, last, wait, wait, wait. How did that start? <laughs> How did you just well, my parents' in? own property, we used to live out in western suburbs, out in Rockbank. Okay. Which is now like Carolina Springs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had oh, 20 acres out there, I think. Yep. 22 stables. Yep. And, um, yeah, when we moved out there, mum and dad just started buying horses and I just got into <laughs> riding horses randomly. Right. And then dad just started building this huge semi-equestrian sort of, you know, setup. Yep. And it just grew and grew from there. Wow. Towards the end, I actually left school to ride horses competitively. <laughs> wow. So in year 10, I was absent from school for 45 days. Right. Because I used to travel around Australia competing. Oh, and, my Lord. Um, yeah, riding horses. So if you ever went to the Melbourne show and you used to, mm-hmm. you know, the arena in the middle, mm-hmm. I was one of those um, people on the horseback, you know. Wow. Doing uh, show horsing, it was called. Okay. So following that, I sort of grew out of, you know, wanting to ride horses. And uh, my parents were like, you need to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I actually went and worked at a friend's cafe in Essendon. Okay. And um, I used to was doing that sort of on and off between horse riding. And my hospitality just, uh, career sort of grew from there. Yeah. And uh, So what age were you at that point? I think I was 16 maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interestingly enough, the potential venue we're doing yes. in Mooney Ponds is um, – Right next to where I used to work in Queens Park, <laughs> selling scones and cup of teas and making wow. awful sandwiches. So full circle. Yeah, it actually is. It's quite uh, nostalgic. I'm like, mm. oh my god, this is where it sort of started. I yeah. wish I could find. My mum has this great photo that was in the local paper of me on a horse and then in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was horse, horse kid by morning and then cafe kid by <laughs> night. It was so, just some trashy article. <laughs> anyway, so everything sort of grew from there and then I went, you know, did the nightclub thing and yep. sandwich bars in the city. But my well – actually, we opened our own cafe, my mum. Really? In, in Brimbank Park in Keylor. It was called the Leaping Lizard Cafe. Right. In the park. It was just – it was terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> But, you know, I've always had a bit of a passion for – for hospitality. I yeah. never knew it till maybe 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. But if I look back on my life, I was always doing something mm. with food and, and mm-hmm. service. My Both my brothers and my dad are in the sheet metal business. Right. So I just went totally the other way. You know? Yeah. I used to love home ec at school and I think it was one of the subjects I actually excelled in. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really kicked it off for me is – I bounced around all these random jobs and then I started at the Western Hotel in the city. Okay. Um, and I started working there in the bar, mm-hmm. Martini Bar it was called. Yep. And a couple of months in, they offered me this program called Starwood Stars of the Future. <laughs> right, okay. It sounded like awesome. Anyway, they sent me up to Brisbane mm-hmm. and I was at uh, school full time and then in between you would work at the Sheridan up there. Yeah, right. 
Now, I can't remember how long I did that for. It felt like months. Yeah. But, you know, I came back and at the Western part of the program was you worked in every department within the hotel. Okay. Over a certain period of time. Yeah. And then at the end of that, you got to choose where you wanted to or where you were best suited within the hotel. Right. And that was such a great grounding for me and taught mm-hmm. me, you know, I had to clean 13 rooms a day. Wow. I had to work in the pot wash. Yes. Got to work in the restaurant, got yeah. to work in the front of house. Doing everything. The Western used to have this awesome service called Service Express, which okay. is when you're in your room, you would call room service. Yep. You wouldn't go to the room service department. You'd go to a central department. Right. And then that message would be sent to room service and uh-huh. then a room attendant would come and set it up. Mm-hmm. So this awesome setup. So I spent, I think, five years there. Mm-hmm. So that, that is where everything sort of really kicked off for me. Yep. Uh, Was that sort of early 20s or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 20, 21, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so and real I'm, foundational stuff. Correct, okay. yeah. And then I think at about 25, 26, I did the thing that everyone does and went and travelled overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, living with mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> friend of mine says, oh, we should go travelling. You know, I lived out in the western suburbs. Yeah. I had no idea about worldly experience anyway got on a plane and went on this big holiday and then i remember coming out of the tube in london right nowhere to live my friend was heading back to australia he'd gone to thailand i had someone's number that i was like to call to go and sleep you know yeah at their place so right. I've, gone, I've come from rock bank living on a <laughs> hobby farm <laughs> to stepping out into the bloody uk and i'm like wow. where the hell am i like, yeah yeah you know, like yeah. I'm in the shit here. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a terrible job at the Sheridan Belgravia. Right. And I was staying in this um, – the hotel would offer you this, like, um, accommodation. Yeah. Which is just these dorms and these terrible rooms with bed bugs and – Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I got, <laughs> I got there and I was like – I wasn't really into this job. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, I want to try something different. I'm yeah. out of hospitality. Yeah. That failed miserably. In the end, I was just having a miserable time. I was like, I'm going to go. I want to be free. So I moved to Spain for eight months. Wow. And uh, I lived in Ibiza of all places. (laughs) 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 And uh, I used to work on the beach as a promo, nightclub promo guy. Of course. I'd walk up down in my shorts and uh, (laughs) me and this other Aussie girl. So you want to come to this club? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And um, speak terrible Spanish. Right. uh, Wow trying to get people into this club. And I, I almost didn't get that job. And then the first week I had it, I did so poorly that they were ruthless there because there's so many people that wanted work. Yeah. I remember the owner turned around and said to me, if you don't improve, there's no job for you next week. Wow. Until so I left, I got the bonus every week for getting people in, you know. <laughs> I lied through the eye of my teeth to tell them what, what the thing was. Yeah. Anyway, came to the end of the season there and then I came back and I got a job with Soho House right. in, um, in London. So yeah. like Soho House, the big private members yes. group. Yeah. Uh, I worked at a place called Electric in Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. And I think in, well, for me in my life in hospitality, it's been everything is like a stage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. As I said to you, when I first got to London, I wanted to get out of it because it's like there's, there's no hope in this. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was my thought process, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I got there, I was like, wow, this is like, this is special. Mm. This is really special. Mm. And I, I think I, I spent four years there. Mm-hmm. So it's a long time. It's a long time, yeah. Mm. And I just grew and grew and grew, you know, personally and, you know, professionally there. Yep. To the point where I was assistant manager and I was loosely doing HR there, you know. Yeah, right. And then my wife wanted to come back and study nutrition. Right. I really wanted to stay because they were European passports. I was like, okay, I can hang out here for as long as I like. And it was a massive company with the opportunity of massive growth. But in the end, decided to come back uh, home and walked into – I actually printed off a load of CVs (laughs) (laughs) and walked around the city (laughs) handing in my CV. Yes, yeah. I wasn't the best on email back then. And um, (laughs) I went to Taxi Dining Room. Yep. And um, once again, that's where I was like, you know, okay, I can really make 
make a life of this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I really want to run. I want to run a restaurant, and I want to be part of um, a strong restaurant group and, and that. So, so what once, made you? What made you feel that? If I can stop you for a second. Well, as I just said, like when I it's so house, I realized. I guess I realized the capacity of what I could do. Yeah, you know, and I was probably good at what I. I believe that I was good at what I, I mm. did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I feared coming back to Australia that there wasn't going to be the opportunity that there was. Yes. But then when I walked in and I met uh, Scott Borg, who was the restaurant manager at the time, and yep. Michael Lambie. Yeah. And this group of professionals that were running this monster of a restaurant mm. that was just, you know, eating the bit at the time. Yeah. And it took me a little while to... to get my groove there but when I did I was like okay I mm-hmm. want to be like these guys like, yeah you know, I really want to do that yeah and um, yeah and I think four and a half years later I, was, wow. I went from just a waiter to to restaurant manager you know wow and a big that's a tra- progression <laughs> yeah it definitely was like yeah. it went from and we went from a two-hatted restaurant to no hats yeah to then the team that we put together to win back a hat you know Right, yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, this is definitely my career path. (laughs) Yes, yes. There's no doubt about it. I'm not doing anything different. You know, yeah, it was was great, great, very hard work and, you know, did a lot of things incorrect there, but also learning the capacity of Mm. what you, you know, when you have a great team and working in a great place or a great venue, what, what you can do. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, what's brought me here today is after that I bounced around certain cafes and mm-hmm. tried restaurants again. Yep. And um, and then I joined, then I got a call to come here and open this venue. I didn't own it at the time. Yep. Um, but I had the opportunity to open it with the owners. And um, So when was that, Kieran? That was four years. We just had our fourth birthday, actually. Oh, that's Friday. Happy so, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, that was, well, four years ago. So, 2018? Mm. Yep. 2017? 17. Yeah, yep. yeah. To talk a bit about opening here, mm. if any business owners are listening, <laughs> we did it totally the wrong way. <laughs> you know, we almost did it back to front. Yeah. Um, so, how did you do it? What did you do wrong in hindsight? Well, there. <laughs> You have a concept and an idea. Yes. But there was nothing behind that concept and idea. Right. It wasn't thought through enough. Yep. Stress tested, you know, does the market want what we're offering? Right. Does the offer work? Yes. What does the offer look like? Yes. (laughs) Do we have the people to do the offer? Yeah, right. Which we didn't. We opened with one and a half chefs. Right. Yeah. Rushed a menu. Right. Front of house team, way too many people. Yeah. Um, in saying that, and a year later we won Melbourne's Best Cafe in the Time Out magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but we had no people to serve. You know? Right, yeah, okay. So okay. it's been a real progression here. Mm. Um, yeah, so in... If you ever had to open a business, <laughs> make sure it's set up correctly from the start, you know, and those processes are in place that, mm. that you're going to need, you know. Is, is there a reason why you were rushing those things? Like you said, you rushed a menu and that kind of stuff. Was it was it a push to get open by a certain time or was yeah, it? Yeah, well, previous to it being what it was, it is today, it yes. was another business. Right. And that business failed very, very poorly. Yeah. And I think there was, you know, money factor and… right. You know, we need to refresh this and get it open as soon sure. as we can to start recouping. Right. Recouping money. Yeah. And that, and just not having the right people in place, you know. Yeah. You need to have a full team and a team of people that buy into what you're trying to sell. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. Because you, were you sort of leading by the menu more than anything when you guys opened again? Like, or what... What kind of things would you make sure that you were talking about with the team in order for them to get buy-in? Um, I think, it, well, fortunately here we've had the chance to open again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Due to COVID. You yeah, know? of course. And um, I guess 
it's the whole package that you're you're selling. Mm. To give you an example, when we opened, none of the st- when we first opened back in 2017, yep, none of the staff knew what the food tasted like because we didn't do a full food tasting. Wow. Okay. Um, we did, I think, a quick half an hour training on the till, but right, no one knew. Yep. What happens if this happens, or what yep. happens if that fails, or yep. that ticket doesn't print properly, or there was no cash up <laughs> process, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, which was all, which was all probably my fault because I didn't, you know, do the thorough. But it's all really <laughs> normal. Like when you talk it out loud, like that's very normal. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But it's also, I guess, as well as as owners, you know, which I am now. Mm. You need to empower your staff and the group of people that work for you with all those tools. You know of course, I mean? of course. And if you were to look at it from a financial point of view, mm-hmm. you can either not do that and lose money. Yep. Along, you know, in the opening in the process of disappointing people because your pro- your processes aren't in place, mm-hmm. or you can stay closed. Make sure everyone knows exactly what's going on. Yep. And then when those doors open, you can have, you're obviously going to have issues. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Yes. But those issues are going to be easier to resolve once the wheels, you know, yeah. once everything's set in stone first. Yep. And then the wheels are in motion. Yep. Fortunately for us, <laughs> we got shut down. Yes. Right. Twice. Twice. As, as everyone in Melbourne knows. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Sorry. You know? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay. I'm going to redo this this whole thing. I'm going to start again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not that it was broken. Yes. Because it went from opening to me taking over. Yeah. Because with it failed within the first year. Yeah. To then me just chase, you know, working very, very hard, mm-hmm. chasing my tail to get it to pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. Which was great. It was all working. It was doing really well. Mm-hmm. But then obviously pandemic hit and we got shut down yeah but then i was like okay cool this is annoying but when we reopen mm-hmm. we're, gonna, we're gonna redo everything and the yep. staff are like what do you mean we're gonna redo everything <laughs> i was like we're gonna treat it like a new opening like yeah we're right. do the full tasting we're gonna redo all our systems and procedures we're gonna start again and from the ground up literally the ground up literally yeah wow the place was a dump <laughs> <laughs> the place was a dump yeah and then we just cleaned it Got everything ready and bang, as soon as we opened, everything seemed to work. Let's say it was working at 75%. Yep. We're at 95%. Like it's wow. just harming along. You know? Wow. But everything's smooth. And I think as we were talking before, you know, you've had those services where you're just chasing your tail and everything. Yep. You're doing it, but fuck, it's hard. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where now it's like, okay. We've got the capacity to do more and yeah. more and more. And we, you got some you know, rhythm. We've got yeah. a rhythm. We've got yeah. a crew. This crew understands it. Mm. The message that I'm trying to put out there is everyone's on the same page and, yes. and it flows on. Yeah. Yeah. Look, then unfortunately we shut down again. Mm. So then I was like, okay, we're going to improve it again. We're going to, we're not going to do the full redo. Yep. But whatever we've missed, let's go back. Let's go and reassess that. Are yep. we doing it okay? Can we do it better? Yep. You know, let's do the full food tasting again. Let's mm-hmm. improve the food tasting notes. Mm-hmm. Does everyone agree with what we're doing? Does everyone understand? Yeah, away we go. Yep, perfect. And the business has never been better than it is today. And you and you put that down to like the fact that you have spent more time in like the back end of the business and the training part and and staff understanding things more as well as making sure you've got a really diverse menu and, and stuff that's really original here as well. Yeah, I... There's, I think there's, as I was maybe saying about my hospitality life, yeah. I think there's layers to everything that we've done here. Yes. For me, pre-COVID, there's always, in hospitality, maybe potentially in any business, there's, you can only afford the amount of people to work with you mm. at one time. Yeah. So there was at one stage here where I would do the floor on my own. Right. With a barista. Uh, you know, a good part of the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. And I could I could do it, but it was such a stress, mm. uh, such a stretch. Yeah, yeah. 
then my, I think my wife came in one morning. She's like, you need someone to help you. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can probably afford someone to help me. Yep, yep. So then you add that another layer of person on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. Because you're confident in what you're doing and the way we're going about it, mm-hmm. that next person just is the right fit. Yep. They buy in. They're yep. like, okay, the owner, he knows what he's on about. Yep. Everything works here. Yes. So we've just continued to add those layers and layers on. Interesting. Also for myself, I've realised I can't do that every day. Yeah. I yeah. can't be here from open to close. Yeah. Wait a thousand tables. Yeah. Look after the books, write the roster. Yeah. Get home at a normal time. <laughs> yes. Have a normal life. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't it just doesn't work. So everything mm. here is like okay, what is the next stage for the business? So what is yep. the next stage for me? How do I work my way? Instead of working in the business, I want to work on the business. Yes. What do I need to do to make the business allow me to do that? Mm. Or I want to have the best staff. What does my business need to do to attract those people? And yeah. I need to attract those people, but how do I keep those people within my business? Mm-hmm. I need to be busy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How do I be busy? I need to give good service. I need to have good food. Mm-hmm. I need to create an amazing environment. Yep. And I need to do that on a consistent basis, day in, day out, no matter what the circumstance may yes. be. Yeah. And touch wood, <laughs> that <laughs> seems to be working. Yes. But to get to that point, that's been three three years, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of soul and searching and understanding, right? It is. You gotta mm. personally on a I think I'm quite hard on myself, but personally you because this business had failed previously and I was part of the setup, mm. you question what you're doing. Yeah. Does what I'm doing work? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people through here, especially in the kitchen and people that have come in, have been like that concept of our bowls and broths and yes. letting you, the customer, choose your own meal, mm. which is unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> you really unheard like of. You get to yes. build your own bowl. And normally with a, with a menu, every dish is costed. Yep. And it's a set dish. Yep. You can change your, you know, your toast or your how you want your egg or whatever yep. it may be. But letting someone build their own meal. It's very different. It's very different. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you control the cost of that? Yep. Yeah. The first three years, we had no idea. Right. We would, I was selling it. It was just throwing the money out the door, really. Yeah, know. right. Until COVID hit. And I remember one chef that we had here that, Unfortunately, walked out on us on New Year's Day. He goes, so is that concept will never work. And I was like, I'm going to make it work. <laughs> to him, like, because of that situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's not like a spite, but I'm like, mm. this has to work. Yeah. I've worked in so many venues. And when you work with you know, a restaurant and you see what the chefs can produce, yes, that dish on that plate is costed to the T. Yeah, I mean? absolutely. So once we costed the, the menu and learned how to do it, mm-hmm. portioning and quality control and everything, everything started to improve. To work improve yeah. on that front. You know? Yeah. So there's just been so many layers to this business, and we speaking back about the bowls as well. When we first opened, I remember this review that I read is like nice food, but I could make that at home. Whoa! So it's like far out, <laughs> and I actually. To be truthful, I was honest to myself and the people that we had at the time, I was like, it's probably right. Mm. I could probably make okay. this I can make this at home. Like, you know, mightn't look as good, but yep. I probably could. Yep. So I'm like, okay, well it's simple. What we're doing is simple, tasty food. Mm-hmm. But I need to make it where you don't feel that you can make right. it at home. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And it needs to feel special. It does, yeah. Mm. Simple but beautifully presented. Um, the way that it's cooked, the flavor in it, mm-hmm. is the ingredient seasonal? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many. There's actually so many layers to it. Sure. Whereas where at the start, I think that's where we failed because we just didn't have the the personnel to do that. Right. And that's definitely one thing that I've learned that there is in this business or in any business, I think for growth. When you need, when you want to have growth, you need to insert the right people, mm-hmm. give you the capacity to be able to continue to to grow. Yeah, you know I mean? because otherwise, 
you, you're just not going to be able to do it. No. Just, you know. it's not, yeah. yeah, you can't, can't execute without people, right? No, <laughs> no. Without, no. without the right people. Yes, yeah. And the people that, you know, in hospitality I think or from, sometimes in general a lot of people will just say to you, hey, oh, you can't do that for X, Y and Z. Right, yeah, 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 or, yeah. Yep. You know, and people can be very quick to dismiss mm-hmm. an idea. It's like, well, why can't I do that? Yeah, you know I mean? who's telling why me can't I can't? Why can't we make that work? Mm. Have you done the groundwork on it? You mm. know, have you pulled it apart? Have you done, you know, the costing on it? Have you made? Yeah. Do you have a thorough understanding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, not really. Mm. You're like, well, okay, let's give it a let's give it a shot. Yeah. See what happens in real time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I had an awesome when I was at taxi. One of the owners there, I remember sitting in a meeting, we were talking about a, a lunch offering. And we had this awesome idea mm. that half the people at the table were just shooting it down before we even did it. Wow. And the owner is like, let's run it first. <laughs> and then if you have any criticism, make, yeah. make a decision from there. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been a. Uh, it's definitely been an adventure here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one that I'm very proud of, one that I'm – at one point I had the opportunity to get out and, and walk away. Mm-hmm. But they would have torn it down. Right. And that everything that I put into this would have been nothing. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I just wasn't prepared to do <laughs> to do that or let that happen. What do you, what do you think makes – Terra Twilight different in the marketplace. Like as I said to you a couple of weeks ago when we, me and Sash were catching up for breakfast and having sort of a casual chat with you about being on uh, being on the podcast, like, you know, I, I truthfully said to you like this is, you know, one of if not my favourite cafe in Melbourne. And, yeah. and for me, like I know how it makes me feel when I come in and, and why I like it so much and why it's different. But like <laughs> what do you see it as being different? How do you see it as being different? There's three things to that. Okay. One is the service. Yep. When we first opened, I said to the team, I remember saying this, I used to come to Collingwood to get a coffee or whatever before I started working here. Okay. And I always found that the service was so standoffish. Right. Like it was like, am I allowed to be in here? Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it all right to ask for a coffee? You yeah, know? yeah. Can you give me a smile? <laughs> so I remember saying to the guys, there was two things. So we want to be the best cafe in Collingwood mm. and we want to have over-the-top friendly service. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was another review <laughs> that said that your waiter will dance you to the table. <laughs> so some probably took that a little bit too far. Yeah. But... The service point of view here is we want to go that extra, that extra little mile. Sure. Now that's not you know doing cartwheels and yeah anything fancy. It's yeah. just being attentive to your needs. Yes. So when you come in, I want to make sure you've got a menu, you mm-hmm. have water, your mm-hmm. coffee's on the way. Yeah. If you've been here multiple times, I'm just going to order your coffee. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. know what you like. Yes. And yeah. I want to know your name. Mm-hmm. And ask, you know, you want to know about someone's family or something like that. It, yeah, it shows that you genuinely give a shit about the person that is supporting your business. Hundred percent. And that mentality is all our staff have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, the next point of services, I think, just understanding what we offer. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and. And how we do it. Um, then I would say, obviously, the food mm-hmm. and the the coffee. We our food once again going back to. We have a a concept of letting people create their own bowls, sure, and broths. Yep. Uh, we want to create a menu where you would want to come and eat here every day. Yeah. You know, and yeah. eat something different every day. Yes. So we've given you the opportunity to do that with mm-hmm. the way the menu concept is set up. Mm-hmm. On the left-hand side, you've got your normal sort of cafe fare. Yep. Some would say not normal because of the way we <laughs> we do the dishes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and then on the right-hand side, you've got the bowls and the broths. So mm-hmm. you've got maybe over 30 different variations of mm-hmm. food that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and something you'd feel good about eating every day. Yes. Um. 
And then we took that from the, when we opened, this is the concept that stuck, is that majority of cafes in Melbourne do the same thing. They do the same variation mm-hmm. of, of a dish. Yes. So what's the hook? What's the hook that's going to keep you say, I want to go back and eat that or yep. I want to go back and try that. Or mm-hmm. We have a, people come in and because we're very prompt and trying to get people's orders in, they're like, there's too much good stuff on here. <laughs> yes. That's it always like, takes me a long time. Yeah, that is that is an issue. <laughs> yes. um, but that's also a good sign because I'm like, okay, well, that customer wants to come back mm. and, and come back and try something different. Yes. Um, we also created these add-ons for coffee. So mm-hmm. we have mushroom or nootropic additives. Yes. Which are, we call them up coffee upgrades. Yep. So instead of, you know, just having your normal long black, you can put some nootropics in it. Yep. Some MCT oil, which will uh, slows. It's a f- MCT oil is a fat so that slows the uh, caffeine right. release through the body, so you don't get the caffeine high and then the dump. Oh wow! Um, and then your nootropics sharpen you up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, today I've just got. I have a second child now, so I'm pretty foggy in the brain. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, this morning. I make myself a nootropic mushroom coffee. Right. And I really believe in it. it. Gives me that extra little boost. So yeah, yeah. That's once again just a little something different than you could make them at home. Yeah, but we're going to make it for you. Yeah. Uh, the next thing would be the atmosphere and the and the music. Mm-hmm. Once again, every cafe in Melbourne plays some Spotify playlist. Yep. Um, where we play vinyl, and. Um, the staff select the, v- the vinyl each day. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a very visual thing. Yeah. Um, it's a terrible habit that I'm <laughs> buying vinyl. I'm running out of room to store it <laughs> and I've got to categorise them all. And it's but, awesome. Um, yeah. It's, once again, it's something different. Yeah. It's a great sound. Yeah. It gets the staff involved in choosing what the atmosphere of the cafe is. Mm. I think as well just the light and the plants and the – in here, you know, that's out of my control, but the, the building and the way that it's set up is, yeah, you feel warm and cosy in here and, you know, yeah, I agree. in the warm sun on your back in the morning or yes. you're drinking your coffee and yes. you're listening to music and... It all just seems to work really, really well. It does, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think those three things to the business yeah. is what has made us continue continue to grow. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also the st- oh, one that I didn't mention actually the four is the staff. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. I've got you know, Jack and Britt who work here and Dale I think have been here almost two and a half years to three years. Wow, that's a long in time a in a cafe. <laughs> yeah. A long time in a cafe. It's a long time. That's great. And So what have you, do- what have you done to keep them here that long? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it going back to the things you were saying before about keeping it busy and, and making sure there was there was room to do different things in the business? Once again, at the first, no one that opened this business is still working here. Mm-hmm. So I definitely burnt the first crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, okay, I can't do all this on my own. I need to have a group of like-minded people who are going to buy into to what we want to do. Sure. Um, and it started with the two chefs mm-hmm. in the kitchen, mm-hmm. Isaac and Dale, who mm-hmm. Isaac went back to um, New Zealand, but Dale, who works with us now, it was like they were my first key. It's like a football team, I guess. You yes, know? yeah. It's like you're buying in these these players. Yes. Those two set the kitchen. Mm-hmm. On its path, mm-hmm. and then I think Jack bringing his skills into the coffee, mm-hmm. and then finding that right front of house person. Yeah, um, that then allowed me to just improve my management skills. You know, yeah. Yep. I used to believe in the old because I worked in a lot of old school venues that mm-hmm. rule with an iron fist. Yeah, and it. Never worked for me. You know? Yeah, I could never figure out why. I'd work hard, but I couldn't get anyone to do the to same follow, thing. Yeah, to follow what I was doing. Yep. So what I've learned with these guys, and as a business owner, is I need to make them feel like part of the business. Mm. And 
to do that. I need to be way more open and showing them, for instance, we sit down once a month and we go over the um, the books. Yep. So we'll go, we have a monthly report. Wow. Also, day-to-day, everyone's responsible for the inputting of all the invoices. Right. So it's almost like a, um, a game. So you've got $8,000 to spend. Yep. That's the budget. Yep. Don't spend over it. Don't yep. spend under it. Yep. So that's just one example of what's made them so involved in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something you started after COVID? That sort yeah, of month, the yeah. monthly financial that was stuff? A, that was another thing. So we, when everything was going well pre-COVID, mm. we, I was doing great out here, but the books looked like yep. they were bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't know how to manage, manage those. Yeah. I'm great front of house. I still am. I can do the front of house thing and yeah. my um, of course creating different food and all that kind of stuff was my skills. But the numbers side was mm. never shown to me. But one that I really never understood. Right. So I got eight months in on my own, and I had to uh, bring a partner in because I'm like, yeah, I can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know much. what I'm doing. I need yeah. I need some help here. So thankfully, having my business partner Ben. He's amazing with the back of house stuff. Yep. And once again, I guess, is confidence within the team. You know when you're on the right path with the numbers and everything else is happening, there's so much more growth and happiness. And, (laughs) you know, that comes off in a business. Yeah. Um, But also getting them so involved, you know, like for instance, on a kitchen side of things, it's not like we say to the head chef, just give me a menu. Yeah. It's three people sitting down, myself, Dale, uh, the sous chef, Emma, yep. to discuss, you know, we're just planning now for winter. So we change yep. the menu um, every season. Yep. You know, yep. You've got to do that for cost-wise mm-hmm. and it also keeps things fresh. And if you are coming here four days a week, yes, you know, you might get over it after a while. And, mm-hmm. Um. But that allows the kitchen staff to continue to evolve, keep practicing their skills, mm-hmm. put up new dishes. Mm-hmm. No idea is a bad idea. Yep. Sometimes the guys will be like, oh, that's not going to work. Mm. Like, well, no, let's, no, try let's try it. it. Mm. For instance, last week or any new dish you see on the menu mm-hmm. has been a special previously. Right. So every weekend we do a special. Now that special is normally focused around is it going to go on the new menu? Right, Okay. So you're week, testing it. Yeah, the weekends yeah. are the busiest. Smart. Can you punch out, you know, 40 of those dishes <laughs> on a Saturday when, yes. you know, you've got a full docket rail? Yeah. What's the feedback from the customer? Mm-hmm. You know, that really worked, that didn't work, it was too hard. So that's just from a kitchen side. Mm. From a front of house side, it's like the coffee guys. We do we do, do a coffee special every week, but that doesn't make, you don't make any difference. Yeah. Um, but it's getting them involved in creating new drinks. Yep. We do a cocktail special every week. Right. Does that cocktail go onto the new menu? Yeah. Does it work? Yep. Um, in the front of house, the doing the invoicing, mm-hmm. you know, running the shifts, mm-hmm. doing the ordering. Yep. It's empowering those guys and then allowing them to grow within your business. You know? Yes. I do say to them, I know it's a bit cliche, like treat it like it's your own. Mm. I've always, if I've worked for someone – no matter whether it was my business or not, I've always treated it like it's my own. Sure. Know? And with that mentality, you're always going to get the best mm-hmm. out of the job mm-hmm. and, and out of yourself. Yeah. Whether it works for you or not, I've worked for some terrible hospitality operators. Yes. But then at least I've taken something from, from each place I've worked. So yeah. now I'm trying to empower my key staff members as much as I can. Sure. Know, and include them in the decision-making and the future planning of this business as much as I can. Yep. And I think I'm only one person. I can't do everything. Of course. I'm, I know my strengths, but I know my weaknesses. Mm. And if you surround yourself with those, the right key people, you know, it makes everything look good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what business or hospitality businesses normally allows you to do that, you know. Mm. It gives you not free reign, but gives you the freedom to do it. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's the times where you've got to rein that, rein it in because it's like, hey, well, <laughs> you know, you know, 
taking the mick here, but yeah. But that for me, from a staffing point of view, has been the biggest biggest um, lesson. Biggest lesson, yeah. Mm. And the cult and that that environment has created a culture here which is yeah, it's it's blown me away. You know, we have a WhatsApp group. Yep. Yeah. Where we communicate on. And just watching the chat that you don't even have to instigate mm. and everyone taking a responsibility and ownership for their job is awesome. Sometimes I'm messaging my business partner saying, are you reading this stuff? <laughs> These guys, this is fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just super fortunate to, to have that core group of people and I'm very grateful for what they do. It's also a good thing too because if you bring in a bad egg, it weeds out the bad egg straight away. Like yeah, for sure. They're not going to last even, long. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, mm. you, you either know yourself, or they'll tell you, mm. like, "Hey, this, you know, they're great, but they're not the right fit for here." Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And once again, there's not many places that I've I've worked in that 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 happens. Yeah. I think it's very unusual what you're doing, but like in a fucking good way. Like it it all makes sense, and that's the reason why you've got the culture you have. Is that I think. Kieran is because you are allowing staff to not just make coffee, like to have ownership of different areas and, and different facets in the business and have a different understanding so that when decisions are made about the business, like they have some logic about why those decisions are made and, yeah. and, and being part of that decision-making process. But the thing I was going to ask you is, do you think you're doing that and moving, um, giving people maybe more freedom than they might have or more training in other areas than if they were working at another cafe? Because you had that experience back at the Western in the hotel, doing different areas of the hotel and learning different facets and that helping you for a long period of time you were there? Or do you think it's just something that you sort of woke up to and thought it was a great idea to do? I think I woke up to it. Yeah. I was terrible at managing people. Interesting. I'll be brutally honest with you. Like I was really – I thought I was good, but I was bad. <laughs> what what made – what? how did you come to that thinking that you, that you realised that you were bad and you needed improvement? Uh, was it a moment? Trial and error. Okay. I think just sort of just growing up a bit, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and as I said to you, stepping out of the – stepping away from the business and realising, okay, if I'm to grow here yep. or going home after you've, you know, been here at 6 o'clock and you get home at 6 yeah. again and you're doing that repeatedly, you're like – repetitively, sorry. I can't do that every day. Yes. What am I doing that is – not allowing me to have that bit bit more freedom that I have, yeah, that I should have, you know, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, you potentially need to treat the people around you better than you have been, yes, and allow them to well, let go of a bit of control. Mm. It's a bit of a, I can be a bit of a control freak, yep, but I'm like that because I know what I want, yep, but I had to learn how to convey that message, yes. And explain that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a lot of trial and error. And I think through the, the COVID period, you know, mm-hmm. reopening, I felt a lot more calm and, and in control of Interesting. of the business. And learning when's the right time to focus on a certain project and right. when's the best time not to. Yes. You know, because... Sometimes I thought, oh, I thought, oh, I can, I got to change this, I got to do this, I got to do that, and then you're just lost. And you ever work with a manager who's doing, or an owner who's doing twenty things at once? You're mm-hmm. like, what is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> can you just give me a clear message? Yes, yeah, and yeah. let me ride with it and come back and, you know, um, take some ownership of some situations. Yeah, I just have to mm-hmm. let go of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but once again, having just picking the right people, I think. Yeah. Is, is huge. Yeah. Which is challenging at the moment because there's not a lot around, you know. There's not a lot of not a lot of good staff around. But fortunately for us, we've kept them. How have you managed to do that before I get on to the next question? How have I managed to keep them? Yeah. I think everything I just spoke about, like mm. it's easy to go to a hospitality business and just do your five-hour shift, yep. wait your tables and go home. Yep. You know, all get sent home early because there's not enough business. Yep. Um. And I think, well, number one, it's a, it's a busy place. So people mm. want to, you want to, some people want to work in a busy place. Some people <laughs> don't, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. this place is too busy. But it's fun, you know, 
they guys enjoy. Well, I like to think they enjoy what they do here. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's obvious, and they're part of a a great culture and team. And going on the financial side of things, when they see those daily results, mm. and they can go back and look at two years ago when we were doing hardly anything, what we were doing previous, yep. you know, with four times the revenue on a Saturday yes. to when we opened. Yeah. Wow. And if you're part of that, you're like, that's a great feeling, you know. We oh. walked out of here on Sunday, like, I think we had one of our busiest Sundays ever, and everyone's, you know, on the WhatsApp group, hey, how good was that? That was awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what keeps people at work. No, hundred percent. Yeah. And potentially we have a new business in the in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And having that core group of people here, you know, I said to them a couple of weeks back, you're you're the growth of this next business. Some of mm. you will continue to work here, some mm-hmm. of you will potentially go to the new space. Yep. You know, person X, you're gonna be running the show here, you know, this is gonna be your baby and I'm here to support you and I'll mm. nurture you along. Mm-hmm. So having the confidence that you're going to be able to run one of Melbourne's, as you said, best cafes. Yes, absolutely. Um, man, that's empowering as an employee, I, th- I think. Oh, and you've got to do 100%. all the other things right. Give people their pay slips. Pay yep. them on time. Yep. Do all that normal stuff that, that should be done, you know. Mm-hmm. If they have an issue, there's two channels. You can, you know, contact me here or contact my partner and my business partner, yep. and we'll get it done for you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All comes back to trust. That's taken three and a half years of yep. four, four years potentially of, yep. of you know, some getting some things right and failing in other areas. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you sort of hinted on it there, like this potential new venue which might yep. happen this year. Like how did that how did that come about? Why did you feel comfortable to do that at the end of 2021? Um. Personally, well, it came about my business partner found the place. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, on a growth level or maybe professionally, I think I said to you before, which sounds funny. I almost, I want the challenge. I want to, I want the challenge. Yep. You yep. know, yep. it's a punt, obviously, because you're putting money behind it. Of course. But can I replicate what I've done in here mm. in another venue? Yep. Can I carbon copy the culture, the service? The food, can I take that to another venue and yes. can I roll that out? Mm-hmm. That's an exciting challenge. Yeah. And it's going to be a hard challenge but a very rewarding one if we can do it. Yeah. I only would have – I probably wouldn't have done it pre-COVID. Yep. You know, if the opportunity came. Sure. Because I didn't have any of the systems and procedures in place mm. and that that we have now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah, it would have been a real struggle. <laughs> it would have been a real struggle. Yeah, such so, is the confidence, I guess, to to give it another to take that next step. Yeah, yeah, because like I guess it's it's progression, isn't it? I've gone from working for people, yes. realizing I probably wasn't the best employee anymore. I've got to do this for myself. Yeah, I think everyone that works in hospitality, especially having beers around the, you know, at the end of your shift, everyone's like, mm. I want to open my own venue. Yeah, well, absolutely. Go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, give it a crack. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess the progression, yeah, is it's like okay, let's let's try and do this again. People obviously like what we do, sure. Um, so can we can we do it in another location? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a challenge here too because we're a bit off the beaten track. Mm-hmm. There's a million cafes in Collingwood, like yep. you know, every block has a coffee spot and a cafe. Yep. So potentially, do we go to an area that doesn't you know have that um, density? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be a, a great challenge. We're we're setting up a bit of a group, and you know things are moving to more of a, a professional level. Yeah, just a different stage of the business. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's growth. So yeah, it's very exciting. Very exciting. What element, if I can ask you, what elements of TT are you thinking of taking to this potential new venue? Is it? Is it? Are you looking for some sort of nothing? <laughs> right. Okay. So it's, it's not go, you're going be, completely different. It's not going to be a terror twilight. Yeah. We will do a Terra Twilight uh, once we get this place settled. Right. I definitely want to do another one over the side of the water. Yep. South Yarra. Yep. If any real estate agents are listening. <laughs> For and sure. you know any corner spots, <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, it's about, I think it's about finding the locate the right location. Sure. To cut, to do another one of these, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, 
because as we spoke about earlier, I think one thing that makes this place what it is is the building, yeah, the light, yeah, you know, the setup. So we need to be able to do that, find that again somewhere mm-hmm. um, in another location. What will I take from here? The culture, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the systems and procedures that we have, the same ethos around the food, um, allowing things to evolve within the business. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, those were the thing. Those are the things that I'd I'd like to take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard because you can't just. I just don't want a cookie cutter. Yeah, you don't want to focus. What I'm doing, it. no. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so that's a challenge for us to create something that is a little bit different. You know. Is it is it exciting to think if that if that venue does come on board that that this may make you manage this differently or 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 change the focus here? Like, the, is that exciting for you or is that it's you exciting know? and terrifying? Yeah, because one thing that plays in my mind is that I'll give you an example. When I was at Taxi Dining yeah. Room, yeah, when. Scott and Michael left mm-hmm. and myself and the head chef and uh, Owen, who gentleman who used to work with me, I just thought, oh, yeah, it's just going to keep on rolling and yep. it'll be the same and it just died. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it literally it died in the ass. Yes. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm still doing the same food. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, is it as good? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Still the same venue, right? Why? Why is everyone jump ship to? Yeah, yeah. What I now realise is that, and what we spoke about before is that you would go there and you would feel so special mm. about going there because mm. Scott and Michael mm. would look after you. You know, yes, and you would. You know, it's your one night out, and now I understand with two kids. Know, getting a night away with your partner to have a beautiful dinner. Yes. You know these guys and they make you feel like a, a rock star when you walk into their restaurant and yep. you have a beautiful meal. Yeah. Those guys have been doing that for 20 years. <laughs> Here I am, you know. Yes. Two years in thinking I'm hitting the bit. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. That's my fear here that does the customer still come if the owner isn't? Present, you know. Sure. You've all been to those venues where yeah. Yeah. the owner's not there and, you know, does it still have that mm. that pizzazz? But that's the biggest challenge that uh, we have as the business owners is that the staff need to make – have that, you know, that feeling. Yeah. Or make you feel like that, that, you know, and, and continue on. I won't step away totally, but a lot of my time will be, you know, Especially in the infancy. Taking, yeah, in yeah. the infancy. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this is my baby. Yes. <laughs> you know, my third third baby. Yeah. Um, and it, it's – I'm sort of letting go a bit at the moment, but it would be hard to let go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it must feel, make you feel pretty – a bit more comfortable. It's never going to make you feel 100% comfortable, but it must make you feel a bit more comfortable that the team already treat it like – their own, as we've said many, you know, many times in the last little bit, that they, they, you know, they see Terra Twilight as their own business as well. You've allowed them to have that experience. So when you go into a second venue, that's right. You know, yeah, it makes yeah. you feel a bit more comfortable, I'd imagine. It does, yeah. And they do it. Look, they do an amazing job at it. Mm-hmm. Potentially even better than I do myself. You know. Um. Yeah, it, <laughs> it can tell. It definitely plays on my mind, mm-hmm. and one that I'm you know, a little bit concerned about, but I think it's more on a personal level of being comfortable. Yep. That um, the customers will will feel comfortable, you know. Yeah. But as I said, we'll still be around and the way that we're setting things up is there'll be layers to everything and, you know, they're not just left on their own. and Yeah, just see what happens. You know, yeah, oh, here you go. <laughs> I'll see you in two weeks or whatever. Like, I'd, yeah. never, I'd never do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, an exciting challenge mm. in front of us. I remember when I went from one, owning one bakery to owning two bakeries and I, and I went through the same sort of thing in my head. Yeah. Like, oh, what's going to happen to the first bakery once I buy the second one? I was really scared and having the procedures in place actually allowed to different opportunities and the first the sales of the first bakery actually increased. Really? Yeah. Oh. It actually hurt my ego in a, in a way. <laughs> I actually kind of wanted them to fall a bit because then I go, oh, it's because of me. Yeah. But then, um, but then you know, you, 
you realise why the, the reason why customers are there is because they want the experience, and as long as they're consistently delivering on that on that experience, then yeah, happy you're days, right. Yeah, you know? look, they've had some of the busiest days here ever without me. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and always think, oh, I'm going to take every weekend off now because when I do, yes. it's bloody busy. <laughs> Just like once again, is that me? Um, yeah, you know, you're right. Mm. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, time will tell. It will. So what are you sort of seeing as the biggest trend like in the next six months if I can ask you because, you know, we're talking about changing your menu a couple of times. You're like you change it four times a year, obviously seasonally. But yeah. when you when you and your team are looking to trends in, in the way of food or in relation to front of house and that kind of stuff, like what are you seeing as a trend in the next six months? I'm pro- I'm terrible with trend- <laughs> trends. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. One trend I know I think is on at the moment is bread. Everyone Interesting. Loves yes. All of a sudden, coming out of COVID, yes. Everyone loves a bakery. Yeah. No one's gluten intolerant no one, anymore. Yeah. What happened they? to gluten free? <laughs> carbs. I can't eat the carbs. Everyone <laughs> wants bread. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, just over the back here is mm. a beautiful bakery. Yep. Um, who's making bread in a Totally like traditional style. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Falco around the corner there. Yeah, yeah. It's got these bakeries that are popping up and that are so busy. Mm. You know, they've got lines out the front. Yeah. So bread seems to be hot, <laughs> hot property at the moment. Mm. But when we do a menu, we don't, we don't go to a trend. Right. I think we just go to, does it taste good? Yeah. Does it look good? Yeah. Can we deliver it consistently? Mm-hmm. Um, does it fit what we're doing? Sure. And yeah, I'm never. We actually have a million cookbooks in the in the cupboard just behind us. Right. I was going to ask we, where you got inspiration. Yeah, we from. do that yeah. you used to reference and yeah. But you know, with trends during COVID, I I actually deleted all the social inst- uh, social stuff off my phone. Right. Because we had to shut for, f- we shut for four weeks, I think mm-hmm. it was. Th- and all I was doing pre- prior to that was watching what everyone else did, like right. takeaway boxes and I'm doing this and get this at home. And right. it really distorted my vision of what I should be doing in my business. Yes. Even when we reopened and then we got shut down again, yep. I tried to admit all these, these different ideas because mm-hmm. I was watching stories and what you know following all these things that people were doing yeah and it just it just didn't work mm. so one thing that i was like we do what we do here mm-hmm. let's just do it you know really well yeah um was that a hard thing for you to do to switch to not watch what other people were doing and concentrate on yeah, what you wanted absolutely. to do well to the point where i had to delete yeah <laughs> delete yeah. the the social media apps from my phone because I just wanted to compete with everyone and mm. I thought, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I was like, well, none of it's working. The people that are working for you, you're just once again trying to get them to do all these different ideas. Yes. That I could tell that they were getting over, you know, and they're like, oh, do we need to do that? And, mm. Mm. and that was a real realisation. It's like just concentrate on what you're good at. Yeah. You know, everyone says to us all the time here, oh, when are you going to do nights? Right. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't – we tried it and it just doesn't work because it's taken so long for people to understand what we do day to day. Good point. When you add another element onto the business, I think it confuses the offering. Yep. And people can't get their head around it. They're like, am I coming here for breakfast? What are you known Those for? Those guys open for dinner, they're still doing that? Yeah. Oh, can I go to the bar out the back? It's like yes. – <laughs> We just do – Breakfast and lunch and, yep. you know, let's just focus on that. Mm-hmm. I think potentially when we do another venue, you know, another Terror Twilight, is there room to do some of the food at night? Because yep. it is, you know, I'd want to eat it for dinner, some of those bowls and broths. Yeah, of course. But I think you need to set that up from the, from the outset. Yeah, it's hard to just drop in, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I, and I think with trends as well at the moment, you know, when I lived in overseas, you see these venues that have been open for – you know, 30 years that yeah. are doing a certain product. For instance, I went to a place in Portugal that made these amazing Portuguese tarts. Yep. And that's all that, That's all you could get in there, Portuguese yep. tarts yep. and terrible coffee. Yes. Like, you know, torched milk. And <laughs> <laughs> but, man, they were good. 
and the line to get into that joint and yes. the, the size of that place. Yeah. yeah. And I sort of feel here maybe in the last 18 months you're seeing places just concentrate on a very small offering yeah. and Simple concentrating location. on doing it really, really well. Yeah. you got Hector's mm-hmm. sandwich bar. They did yep. make a five sandwiches, I think. They might do more now. but Yes. And the place... People love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Peaches, I think he makes one or two burgers. Yeah. Yeah. And people love that place. Yeah. As I said, the bakery, you know, does a few different styles of bread. Mm-hmm. And people flock to it. Mm. So, I, th- you know, I think you'll probably see more of those single focused venues, you know, pop up. Yeah. What do you think that – why do you think that's come about for? Do you think that's because everything else is so busy so people want – People want um, hospitality to be a specialist in some things or like do you think because we now have so many venues that the difference is, hey, I'm a specialist at this, come to me for this as a differential? I think that spawned out of, yeah, I think you're right. But it also I think it came out of there's a saturation, mm. for instance, for cafes in mm. Melbourne. Yes. I think it's balancing out now perhaps. But even as I said to you, opening this place, it's like, what can we do that's different? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and maybe as Melbourne people are savvy diners, like mm. we've got some yeah. of the, I would say, we've got the, one of the best food and coffee scenes in the world, you know? Yeah. We're yeah. world leaders in like cafes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, world leaders in brunch. Yeah, in brunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think that as culture around food and the people behind the food and the customer and as their taste buds grow and they want to experience something different, that lends a trend to having those key places where you're just going to go and get your bread, you know, an artesian bakery that does, you know, you're paying $9 or $10 for a loaf of bread. Yes. A couple of years back, people would flip out of that. Oh, absolutely. Loon croissant. Yes. Go there. You want, mm. I don't even know what the price of the croissant is, but yeah, line up forever just to get a croissant. Yes. Yes. Five years ago, unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or even longer changed. ago. It's just, yeah. it's totally changed. But I think mm. as we, the food scene and culture grows here, it lends, you know, there's a market for that. Yeah. Totally you know? agree. Totally agree. Um, whereas in the, in for instance, in London, what I used to love is that, you could go out any night of the week. Mm. There'd just be a herd of people. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. It could be Friday night every night. Yes. Saturday. Mm-hmm. But here, it's getting better, you know. Mm-hmm. You still have those sort of lapses of of um, the volume of people. Yeah. But I think now, you know, there's the quality of venues is, is much better. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Kieran, my last question to you is, like, what are you, what are you looking forward to in the, in the last, you know – this year. <laughs> well, I'm excited about opening this new venue. Yeah, of course. I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited about the, um, the opportunities within this business here. We, yep. We're growing a catering offering. You know, a lot of our, nice. our food packages really, really well. Yep. It's a healthy option for uh, people to have a catered lunch yep. or breakfast. Yep. Pre-COVID, that was a great thing for us. Died off, obviously, but now it's mm. it's coming um, back, really coming back. That's and great. We are in the process of creating an online store. Wow. Where you, you know, you're you're in the office. Mm-hmm. Can you organise catering? No problem. Yep. Jump online. Pop, 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 pop. Nice. Give us twenty four hours notice, and we'll deliver it to your office. You know. Mm-hmm. So that really, really excites me. Um, the team here, <laughs> you know, it's exciting to see how much more and what we can do. Yeah, for sure. Is one thing I guess you didn't speak about before is when you have it, when you've had a core team for you know, let's say two years now, the capacity of what we can do as a group just continues to grow. Yeah, you know? and, yeah, and that's exciting, exciting. You know, mm. the, the capacity of work we can take on. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking after my uh, family, <laughs> 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 got two young children and yeah. a wife at home, so that's exciting. Yeah. Kieran, thanks for today. Like, no, it's no, been, thank you. It's been such a great conversation, um, and and I feel really privileged to kind of have this conversation with you now, as we're sort of sitting here mid twenty twenty one, and like, 
I, it, as I sit here at like across the table from you and think about the energy that this place has and, and how much I enjoy coming back, like I think you're at the start of something really big in regards to more brands that you're going to do and different things. So I'm mm. glad we've had this conversation now before that sort of kicks in, you know, yep. it's, um, it's exciting to look, I think it would be exciting to look back on. Um, but in saying that, what's the best way that people can find out about Terra Twilight and come on down? Uh, check out our pro- most information is on Instagram. Yep. So uh, check us out on Instagram, which is just Terra Twilight. Um, I'm not going to direct you to the website. <laughs> <laughs> Currently it's being worked on. So, yep. um, But uh, if not, just come into the shop and, and, and check us out. You know, Come and have a look and um, yeah, come and enjoy the experience. Happy days. Yeah, absolutely. Kieran, Terra Twilight. Dude, Thanks thank so much. You. So thanks again for tuning into another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. As always, please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We are making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it with your mates in the industry. Thanks as well to our supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Pose, Sash, my co-founder, is from Principal Design and has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for strategy, branding, digital design, wavefinding, and graphic design, then check him out at principaldesign.com.au. And myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with hospitality ops, strategy, and recruitment. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Chef's Hat for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe. <laughs>